Yo, yo. What up? What up? Yo. What up? What up? Hey. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Benny's crib. What up? Oh, uh, yeah, just leave your shoes over there. It's cool. Yeah, thanks. That sound cool? Yo. Yo, what up? Welcome to Benny's crib. All right, and there we go. We are off. Um, welcome to Benny's Crib. This is an episode I'm quite excited for. Um, a very awesome institution that kicked off this year and has been making big waves since its uh, formation. Shout out Black Owned Maine in the building tonight. How y'all doing? Good, good. Love Thanks having you here. Um, and uh, it's a pretty humid night <laughs> here in Portland for me. As always, we start with the weather just to be present, but... Uh, Besides that, things are pretty gravy, even though the world is in uh, many different places, if I've been saying. How are y'all feeling tonight? You feeling decent, at least? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, just kind of going with the flow. Hey. That's all you can do. Well, respect to that. Respect to that. Um, before we get into the beautiful organization here, I just wanted to get um, just brief kind of uh, bios from um, you, y'all individually. Like, just as much as you want to say, you know, like, where y'all from and kind of how did the two of you link up together initially? Sure, yeah. Um, so I'm Rose. I have been living in Maine for a while, since like 1995. I grew up in Lewiston, mm-hmm. born in California, living um, south of Portland. Not in Portland, or in South Portland. South, <laughs> <laughs> south of Portland, there somewhere. And um, did I say I'm 30? I'm 30. So I have a son, I have a four-year-old son, single mom, uh, graduated school last year. Mm. And um, mm. just trying to do my own thing, trying to create my own my own space for myself. Mm. Um, well, and, yeah, me and Jerry have known each other a long time. We've known each other since 2013, oh, 2014. Where, where, um, where? I feel like it was longer than that to be real. I think so. I think it was 2013. Oh, she's trying to cut me off, bro. Mm-hmm. I met each other on the, on the internet yeah. of things. Years ago. So I meet a lot of my friends on the internet. So yeah. here we are. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, put my piece in, it's, it's true. Like, I still feel like it was longer than that. But whatever. Because mm-hmm. she's the homie. So, like, me, I'm not from Maine at all. Mm. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. Oh, word. Right? And I came to Maine. Like, I graduated high school in the year 2000. And I took a string of buses up the East Coast. Failure. There's a lot of states. There's a lot of states. And and, and when you're in Texas, don't nobody say anything about Maine at all. We don't mm. know about no lobsters, none of that. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just, even the stereotypes aren't even there, right? Yeah, yeah. At least not the way I grew up. And so after college, I stayed in Maine and I had, you know, small children. So like, like you said, both of us are, are single parents. Mm. And, um, you know, just decided to link up for this. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about I guess we could segue to actual black owned Maine, but that's a little bit of our, our, our backstories. Yeah, just as like uh, I mean, I'm also a creative guy and stuff too, so I'll bring a couple things to the table. But yeah, you yeah. Know. Hell yeah, yeah. Not to interrupt, I'm just I'm excited. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> <word>. <laughs> yeah, we 
been at it, bro. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, um, that's sweet. Um, well, tremendous. I'd like to get um, just a little bit from the people um, behind um, organizations because sometimes, you know, we can see names and brands and the waves they're making, whether in person or what you see on social media, whatever it be. But there's individuals and there's real humans behind these um, institutions, and I always want to make sure people remember that at the end of the day. Yes. Um, so, hell yeah. Um, obviously, um, America is a powerful segue. Obviously, America isn't a stranger to racism and systemic oppression, um, specifically towards um, black people, too. Um, but um, this year, you know, with the George Floyd murders, that shit hit heavy. Um, and we've seen that with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, that, I feel like, led up to a lot of, you know, important things that have been happening this summer. But um, had you had any ideas about, you know, just these types of thoughts or um, um, even themes or ideals before um, 2020? Or was it kind of like what, what we're seeing now with these movements, a big inspiration? Yo, I think that, and this is unfortunate, the death of George Flo- George Floyd in some ways was an inspiration. Mm. A very dark inspiration. Indeed. But I, one thing that I do want to say, and I'm glad we're being recorded, my push knowledge and strength towards supporting black people uh fighting racial injustice definitely did not start with george floyd Mm. it definitely did not start with black lives matter Mm. black lives matter happens to be a current iteration of something that's been going on for a long long time Mm. the reason i say this is that i'm very sick and tired of people being like well the reason i'm not with whatever you're whatever you think you're doing is because black lives matter is really this 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 is this wrong Black people have been working to stand up for ourselves for a long time, since people stole us from Africa. Mm. And we are still fighting very similar fights, so we are not encapsulated by Black Lives Matter. We mm. have never been encapsulated by Black Lives Matter, but we definitely support Black Lives Matter, Hell because yeah. that makes sense. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm, 100%, yo. Okay. We can go from there. I just want to get that out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's important. That's why we're here. We're here so y'all can speak on it and, and let the people know what's up. Like that's That's, that's why we have you, yo. No doubt, no doubt. And I mean, I know he was asking about, like, you know, what we thinking about this stuff before. And kind of yeah, I, I think... Um, yeah, how did it come together, like, this year fully? Like, did you guys have, like, a, like a sit-down, a discussion when you were, like, talking, like, texting and shit, you know? So, yeah, so basically, um, I mean, these have been, like Jerry was saying, this is something, obviously, we live this life every day. 100%. So... This is this not this part part particular um, opportunity that we've created, but the whole idea surrounding why it's important has been for me has been on my mind for a very long time. Mm. You know, uh, especially growing up in Lewiston, Maine, yeah. um, pre um, you know, mass immigration and post-immigration of all the Somali people and other people. So it's like seeing both sides of that Mm. and having people that were also immigrants like, yeah, why are these people here? And it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) 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 Where where are you from? You know, where where is your grandma from? Because she didn't grow up in Lewiston, you know, so what are you talking about right now? Um, Anyway, but... But <laughs> but I'm always interested in, in I've always been interested in supporting like black owned businesses and even before this like I, I will like purposefully if I'm going on vacation or something like I'll purposefully check out black owned businesses or, or just businesses oh, owned man. by people of color in general or 
to make sure there's no bad press about the owner being some racist asshole and I'm going to his restaurant and, hey, you know, giving him money. You know? <laughs> and that, that's part of it, unfortunately. Mm, but um, this literally started, um, which I, I've talked to a few different people, so if, if I'm just repeating things that you already know, you know, that's cool too. But um, <laughs> I was literally, all the protests in Portland were, were, were being organized as I mentioned, like, I'm a single parent, I have a four-year-old, like, going to a physical, and, and also, like, it's corona, like, what the fuck? Yeah, you know? <laughs> so, that shit's still going on, yo, wear a mask, yeah. it's dangerous out here. <laughs> so, like, I have, a, I have a four-year-old son who who has asthma problems and, and, and has Damn. been in the hospital for those kind of things, so, like, I really, like, I wanted to go to a protest, a physical protest, mm. so bad, just mm. to feel the energy, but I was like, listen... That is not, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but realistically, yeah, I have to choose my responsibilities first, you know? So I was, I was literally like in Biddeford on a hike with my brother and my son and I was just Mm. brainstorming different, I was like, what what can I do to, to really support what's going on and not be at a protest? Mm. You know, at a physical protest. Right. So, I mean, protest, yeah, but not be at yeah, yeah, exactly. So what can we do? And I was like, you know what? What we need to do is we need to support black people. We need to give black people money. We need to support, like, our fellow families and community members. But I'm like, okay, so we need to go to, we need to, like, basically, uh, you know, every week I need to intentionally spend my money on a black-owned business. And then I was like, mm. okay, where am I going to find this list? I have a list in my head yep. of all yep. these different businesses, but... And I was like, well, I can go online, but every single big directory does not have Maine on the list. Right. I joke, like, they're like, yeah, Maine, man. you know, we'll, we'll get back to that one. No, <laughs> we need it, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so I was First like, point. that was kind of like my aha moment where I was like, well, I've been laid off for two months. I hate my job. Sorry, my managers, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just Real graduated life. from business school. Uh, none of the marketing agencies that I'm looking at have any people of color that I... I mean, sorry, there's a few people of color. And I don't really like love that term, to be honest. There's mm. a few uh, people that look a little different, whatever you want to say. Mm. You know? Who are white. Yeah, who are white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't want to be the first person to go in there, uh, you know, if I, if I want to wear a wig or something one day and, and, and be like, people be like, oh my God, you know, I don't want, I don't want to deal with that. So I was like, so let me create Fair. my own shit. So Fair this kind of was like me saying, uh, and I'm just going on and on, but no, no, um, you're speaking. <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate I, it. it, it, it and growing up here, I never feeling like this was somewhere that was like. And so Maine is like you feel like it's your home. You know what I mean? You leave, mm. you can leave Maine. You mm. go on vacation here. You come back and be like, ah. Yeah, oh yeah. The air, you know, no yeah, one's honking yeah. their horn at me. The whatever, air, yeah. you know. I feel you. So, but still, like I've never really, I've always felt like even up until the day before, I I had the idea. I was like, okay, I'm getting my unemployment money. I'm saving up my money. I try to tell my son, so what do, you, what do you think about living somewhere warm? Would that be cool? Yeah. You know, would it be cool to be somewhere like people look like you and you're the only person in school with your brown skin or whatever? It's just like, if I leave, I will be away from my nana. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> Real like, life. Oh, my Damn. uncle. Is my uncle coming? 
Dang. So this was like kind of my way. I had the aha moment where I was like, let me just create my own thing. And I've always been someone who's had like a million side hustles. Like any way to make money, I've... Uh, I should say that allegedly, uh, like, <laughs> but <laughs> I've taken a lot of <laughs> allegedly. I've, I've I've done a lot of things, and people always know me as someone who's had like like people like how did you come up with that yeah, money yeah, to pay rent when you were like homeless or something? And I was like, I just figured it out. You always been present ideas. Yeah, like my car died, and, and I just I came up with ten thousand dollars to buy a new car. People like how did right. you do that? I'm like, I don't know. I just. I have a nice guardian angel, you know, whatever you want to say. Mm, so, mm. so yeah. So this was like a co- accumulation of all of my side hustles and all the things that I've wanted to do all in one place with something that I'm actually very passionate about. It's not like you know, yeah. you try to start something, you're like, this is going to be great, but I don't actually love it. Mm, the passion, um, you know. So, and then because I've known Jerry for so long, and he, he, people know him. People like me know me, but and I know them. But I'm like very much like sit in the dark in the corner and laugh at people when I'm going out to a bar. Like I'm not talking to people, and I can be very shy, like mm. unless I'm drunk, obviously. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so so yeah. So, so I, I invited Jerry on the project because because he just he has a voice that people know, and then people know him in the community, and mm. I thought he would be a good person to kind of like um, help orchestrate that a little bit that that side of things and we've gone through a lot of changes within our roles and who we are within this company what we're doing and that changes mm. sometimes daily and then i'm mm. like jerry thank you for waiting standing by me and not being like fuck you because <laughs> my ideas like there's been like weeks where like my ideas just keep flowing and flowing and oh, flowing yeah. like i'm not sleeping and like i'm just like mm. i have to like tone this down and he's been there to like listen and be like, yeah, you're being crazy. Like, what are you talking about? You can't do that. Or not, you can't do that. Or, like, he's just like, well, let's think about this. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. So, yeah. I, I wanted that. to say real quick. That, <laughs> yeah, please add to that. Story. Add to that, Jay. Yeah, I was going to say, bro, I just want to point out the fact that when she said, I'm telling you, because people are going to be listening to this, bro. She was just making a point, like, ah, I don't want to be, like, the first person who's non-white or a person of color or got some brown skin or curly hair, long Hair. And maybe I'll switch to a long blue flowing wig that's ombre, right? Mm. She don't want to walk up in there and have everybody be like, oh my God, look at your hair. Let me touch it. Let me mm. touch it. <laughs> There's mm. people listening right now who don't even know what's wrong with that. They don't even understand why. Why would she avoid a job? And shit is wrong with that. her hair and puts on a wig that everybody wants to focus on her and tell her how different it is. It's not yep. cool. I'm just going to let that float. I'm not even going to break it down. No, you don't I'm have to. I'm just going to let y'all know that you should know by now in 2020. But I'll leave y'all alone. Yeah, just mind your business. So, mind your business, Jack. <laughs> yeah, mind your business. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'll put those things up. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you don't get it... You don't have you don't to get, get it. it. Just you mind your business. Live your life. That's what I say to people. It's like, why are you getting involved in my shit? Mind your business. Just That's it. That's it. Like, yeah. It is what it is. And also, I'm, I know I might look a little different. I might have a certain vibe. I might have mad flavor. You might see it dripping off me. That don't mean it got nothing to do with you. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. You, yeah, you exist and that's cool. it. <laughs> Let people exist. Don't interfere with people's existence. It's unnecessary. Mind your business. Yeah. yeah. Try right. to compliment it, no doubt. But like, you know, don't don't get in the way with your curiosity yeah. trying to test people's hair. But... I was also going to say for me, man, I was really going through a time 
of like really feeling that protest spirit and that energy mm. and like being out and protesting and mm. you know a piece of the story that I like to tell because it's very real for me and it was like really my well, part of my catalyst yeah. is that man we was watching like you know we watching the videos the replays of George Floyd's murder let me call his death those men obviously murdered him um we watching that on CNN. I, I flip back and forth all the time between Fox, CNN, different channels. So I, I know the truth is somewhere in the middle, to be real. <laughs> but I, I sitting there with my daughter, bro, and my daughter's thirteen, man, but she's a boss, like mm. a boss, boss. And she was literally like, "Daddy, I want to go to the protest tomorrow in Portland." Ooh. And I was like, "For real? Like, for real? You want to go to the protest?" She was like, "Definitely. Like, I feel like we need to do that." So obviously I was like, cool, we're going to go to the protest. And I was able to really say to her, I never, I believe in protests and I believe in people's rights to do that. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are some egregiously wrong things happening that we should protest, but I had never actually attended a protest myself. Mm. And so I told her, I was like, honestly, I would be proud to go with you to my first protest. And I'm glad that you understand that you should raise your voice. So we made some signs and we went out, you know what I mean? Respect. And a couple nights later, I was out protesting in Portland. But this was like the late night joint, you know, 1231, but the police don't want you out there no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they advance, they doing what they do. And it's people, you know, it's a lot of different energies out there. Mm. So I was definitely in a like straight up protest mode. Like we got work to do. We're going to get it done. They can't yeah. stop us. And so... As she was, like, reflecting to me, like, what's been on her mind and, like, what she was already thinking about doing and how she was trying to make an impact. When she finally said to me, and I remember the moment when you were on the phone with me, Rose, and literally said, you know what I you know what I can do? I can create a directory of all the black-owned businesses in the state of Maine. Mm. Instantly, I knew, bam, that shit's crazy. Hell yeah. That's crazy. Hell it, yeah. It, you know that it's so dope because it's so simple. But as soon as you search in your mind's eye for like, well, where's it? Where's it? Where's it? That's nowhere. fucking nowhere. Is nowhere. Where it is. I didn't even do all the research she did, and I instantly knew it didn't exist because of how people are and how people think. Mm. You ask people how many black-owned businesses are in the state of Maine, the average Mainer thinks that you can count it on one hand, my guy. That's not even real, but they really, that's about what they think. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, Maine is so big, people forget about it. There's so much yeah. just like isolated yeah. shit that's nowhere near yeah. like the small pockets of um like small population to be real so and that's that's from a lifelong yeah. man and myself like there's 10,000 people in my hometown and I'm in, in southern Maine and then in the summer there's like anywhere from 70 to 100,000 because of tourism and then they all disappear right. again so it's like shit is weird and like you said motherfuckers ain't educated and that's why I really like to not to like interject or interrupt but that's why I really respect what y'all doing because from a you know I guess a younger age I've always thought like economic power is so true like i always say your dollars are your votes like what you spend money has longevity that's why i feel fucked if i you know go to chains sometimes like when i know i have a little bit extra bread i'm like is it worth saving three dollars on a burger when i could like put money mm. in, my, in my neighbor's pocket or in, in my global yes. economy and then i've always been about supporting um black business black culture in general i mean yardy ting is a proud sponsor of benny's crib mad love to yardy ting always. and um i just you know it's just like if you know you know i'm like this is genius, yo. Like, I've, I've been to some black-owned businesses and shit, but I don't know nearly enough. And then, boom, y'all pop out the woodworks, and you're like, oh, we got your back, Jack. Like, here we are. And that's why I just want to have you on and say mad love. And um, Because y'all doing some very cool shit just besides making directories. I mean, that in itself is an amazing and powerful tool to not only um, provide economic power to um places and communities where I think it's necessary, places where the system we live in just don't really fund, in my opinion, but that's a whole different, you know, 10-episode podcast we could do. But segue into something else. Um, 
It's also a, a potential network for people to just to get to know each other and, and use it to, you know yes. to do shit. And that's a huge like it's it's a it's a it's a hub. So shout out the, shout out that. But um, y'all got grants, podcasts, merch. I mean, y'all want to just shout out like some of the other cool endeavors you're getting into too. Yeah, yeah. We um, so the merch we put out originally um is limited edition. We're not. We're gonna put it put some more merch out in mm-hmm. the future. Yep. Um, but it's not gonna be that exact formula. But that's for the people who started from with us from the first day. Because I don't know if you know, this literally took off within hours of the website. Going yeah, live. Like, br- literally within br- hours. Break it down. Like, what was that day like? Like watching like hour oh. by hour. It was like, oh man, I don't know if you want to. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah, it's too I mean, much. the website has over two hundred thousand views, which maybe isn't big for uh, New York City or something, that's but numbers. that's big for Maine. Yeah, numbers. that's pretty substantial when you're waiting for a thousand views. Most people, you know, for right. months and months. Um, so we literally, I put it out. We so the idea came Sunday. I literally just, like, didn't sleep for, like, two days. Put it out Tuesday at 1 p.m. on the website um, in a very basic, like, Craigslist, links only, mm. which is what it is looking like now. We're having a new website coming out mm. um, soon. Hopefully oh, this oh, week. Just to reiterate, like, we definitely drop it a newer, better-looking website so y'all don't yeah. sleep. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. There we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I had initially posted, like, a Reddit post asking um, for, I'm, um, like, big reddit fan i haven't gone on reddit but i'm always just like i'm a big reddit, what does reddit fan, have to say about this yeah. thing <laughs> you know we like what is the you know first what is the first letter of the alphabet reddit you mm. know <laughs> so anyways i posted on there i posted in the main reddit which people were like eh. i posted in the portland main reddit obviously mm. portland's very progressive so people are way more um open to mm. the idea mm. i was like well look out for this Literally two days later, the website's out. People are, like, going crazy. The Instagram I probably posted at, like, three. I think, obviously, Instagram knows what people are looking for. Yeah, so I think if people just, Instagram just knows what people are looking for, man. And it's, like, our name must have just popped up in there. I don't think it's people you may know, but, mm. but whatever Instagram decides. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we literally... I like I say I've said this a million times and I have to keep saying because it it's funny to me. My personal Instagram, no one cares. I don't get any likes. No one's following me. I mean, occasionally, but I post a picture of my son. They're like, woohoo, you know, but <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know. So, so I can't even say that I posted this on my personal Instagram and that's why people all of a sudden were looking at it because I did, but. Um, it just like it, I mean, it just took off mm. quickly. We have almost thirteen thousand followers right now, with not a single paid promotion anywhere. Damn. Nothing. All hundred percent word of mouth. Organic. organic. So, completely organic. So if we're like, if we could do that, I mean, it's been two months and we're back to work, so things have not slowed down, but you know, they just are looking a little bit different yeah. now in terms of. Um, in terms of just online presence in general, but I'm just thinking if we could do that completely naturally, then what could we do if this was like a hundred percent what we had? If this was like a hundred, you know, yeah, what yeah, we yeah. can hundred percent focus on, you know 100%. what I mean? Um, but I think we had probably six thousand followers within the first four days, maybe. It's a presence. 
Were you getting like responses from um, businesses you were featuring, like instantly, or like was it like you know like or at least like initial wave I should say? Um, yeah, we have had a lot, we have had businesses reach out. Um, it's funny actually because I was at your RDJ yesterday Skirt. and I was talking to Shanna and she she pulled me. She said, "You know, I'm glad you're here. Can you come talk to me for a minute?" And I was like, "Oh no, what's going on? Did I do something wrong?" Real like, shit. No, 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 no. 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 And she's like, "Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it like a blackout Tuesday or something today? Is there any sort of like protest going on? Because we've been so busy that I can't even stop." Like Hell we yeah. run out of food, I and I that. and I and I'm like, you know what? I'm not I'm not saying that her food is very good. You it's know, so damn good. Set, so I don't want to be like. <laughs> 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 I, 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 like <laughs> so I'm damn not, good. I, 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 told her, I was like, I'm not trying to say like black on Maine helped that at all, but I do want to believe that because of her location and because of what she already is doing, that we were able to just take that up. Yeah. to another level for get some her, eyes you know um so that was cool that that was i think the first person i've heard that really has been like what what is going on you know in yeah. a good way That's you awesome. know and we've had other people reach out and, and they appreciate because like with burundi like i go there for coffee a lot before work and, yep. and you know we've had a lot of um i think a lot of a lot of businesses are busy right so we're yeah. not and we're still learning how to network appropriately mm. and how to actually reach out to these people mm. without the email going to spam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that I would add to that kind of, that takeoff mode, because the, the analogy I've been using is that we we were like, oh, let's launch this thing. You know, I'm supporting her. She, she's my friend. I, I believe in her vision. I, I know she's a go-getter. I have some wares and tools to bring to the table that can help promote it and help organize and stuff. Mm. And so... We it's like we were trying to just like launch something, and then all of a sudden we were on a spaceship that was heading into space with like the afterburners pushing, <laughs> and it was just like what? Like this is really happening? It's awesome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most people don't find themselves as an astronaut. Motherfuckers train for that shit. Oh shit! You know what I mean? That's a good quote. So, <laughs> our experience was a certain type of experience. No, seriously, like you said, like yeah. uh, we have to look at each other and be like, wait, what is even happening? Yeah. All right, mm. let's pause this, let's keep this part going because, you know, it was not like we came up with a business plan first and right. decided and went to the, you know, the FBA and, had, you know what I mean? That's just not what happened. Yeah. The way I see it, man, is that the idea was so brilliant and it was so boiled down at the beginning, right? Mm. That there was, there was a, there was a void. And, like, if you know anything about space and gravity and all this and that, you know, black holes, however you want to think about it. Oh, yeah, I know that shit. Vacuum. As soon as we dropped all this attention, all these resources, and honestly, all this money, boom, came right to where it was, like, magnetized and gravitized to what we were doing. The vision and the, the execution itself was brilliant, and that's why people were like, yo... Also, shout out, like, Hot, hot Main Radio, right? Mm. Also, shout out, you know, like, NPR. People who, once we started to buzz, mm. it, you know, we were newsworthy. Yeah. People still stepped in. Like, you could still avoid it be like, well, our followers are going to think we're racist if we support this place that's all about supporting black businesses, mm. right? And we got that feedback from people. 
But that, that's not that's not just a concern. People really were yeah. like, "Well, this isn't right. This isn't good, right?" Yeah. Obviously, I don't really. Why do we have to say black owned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love it. All businesses, all businesses. No, no. We have Google for all businesses. Yeah, Google for white owned businesses. You know where to find all that. Yes, it's right in front of your face. Sure. So (laughs) it was just one of those things where I think there's a reason it took off. To also just to harken back to, so as you've seen, you know, we've offered a couple other things recently. The grants. We just finished with our committee. Um figuring out who we're going to award these grants to, meaning uh, we have a the Black-owned main business grant, which is thus far what our first one, inaugural, was a $700 micro-grant grant yeah. that we will award to a business that is at least 50% uh, Black-owned or Black or Indigenous-owned. $800 now, actually. Oh, sorry. You know, when people Cooper. keep helping you out, you know, we can, we can definitely help help the folks out more. There we go. Shoot, that's what's up. Um, yeah. So it's, it's 800 now. But it is also, we are focused, at least on the first one, Businesses that have been impacted and there's a change because of COVID-19 specifically, we know that that is just something that's just sitting on top of all of us right now. Heavy. Um, super heavy, man. I mean, we all going through a little more a lot and businesses get smacked really hard, mm. particularly in the service, you know, in certain industries. Mm. But then also, we uh, are awarding our first, well, we say one, but it might actually be two to be real. Because again, people have been putting money and people have wanted to just say, hey, we love this idea of a grant. We want to match some of your funds and allow you to give these to people. So mm. we'll probably end up giving out two of them this first time. I don't. People don't know that. Maybe this is an announcement of that. Boom. But, hey, so what you'll find is that we're offering Black-owned main family grants. And again, it's for Black families that are struggling due to COVID. And so we had quite a few applications come in. Hell yeah. Um, you know, it was able to put a, a radio ad on Hot, Hot Main Radio, which was pretty fire. They, they rocked that for us multiple times per day, every day. Mm. And so the support has been amazing. But mm. aside from that, we also put out the podcast. Um, shout out, Benny, for having us on here. I know you're a supporter, so I'm going to go ahead and say check out Black on Main podcast. It's pretty lit as well. Yay. More episodes to come, man. So, yeah, we definitely try to be pervasive in what we offer. We mm. try to directly support. We try to give people new ideas. We try to help wake people up. Um, you know what I mean? We're about the business world. We also about out here in protest and, and, and not in the ignorant way. You know what I mean? Some people out here just making noise. And I can respect anybody raising their voice. Yeah, but we try a lot to of emotion up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, respect. Yeah, not to interrupt either. Yeah, just respect. Like, uh, I mean, it's hard. One of my favorite f- phrases I've been saying on the podcast a lot recently is, what is already understood does not need to be explained. So that's kind of just say like I got so much respect for what y'all doing. Like it's hard to build a brand and then uh, maintain the growth of that that might be out of your hands. You know, you're like, oh shit, let's do something. Oh shit, people really want this. I still gotta be a human. I still gotta like take care of myself and my family and my people and my bills and all this shit. So I I see y'all. I'm really glad y'all here. Um, and is there any place you know people can um, perhaps like support, donate? Is there any way like people can help? Anything you want to shout out? Yeah. So. Um we have our, our website, obviously, blackownedmain.com. Mm-hmm. On there, there, if you go to the About section, works in progress, but if you go to the About section and you scroll down, there's a link you can click um, to submit an application if you want to help us uh, volunteer. Hell yeah. In that same section is where you submit your listing. So if you, you own a black-owned business and you're not on our list and you want to be on our list, you can support, or sorry, you can uh, fill out the submission form mm. right under there on the about section. And there's also the donate sec, the donate button, which takes you to our GoFundMe. 
Um, we're working to find a fiscal sponsor. We have a couple people or a couple organizations in line. So once we get the fiscal sponsor, we'll be able to have a, a better kind of donation uh, feature. But mm. right now, GoFundMe is the easiest way for people to donate. Also, you can people can donate by check or money order. Um, address is on the website as well. Hell yeah! And then we also obviously have our social media. So Instagram is our is our most popular and where we post the most. We have Facebook. We've got 2,000 followers on Facebook, but 100 on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, you need to follow us. Black on me. I got you. I don't know if I've done that yet, and I'm stupid. <laughs> so here's my accountability. That way, everyone else listening doesn't have to feel bad. I'll follow, too. There we go. Thank you. Anytime. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> and then listen to our, like, like Jerry said, listen to our podcast. Where can, they, where can they find it? Where can the people find the Black on Main podcast? Everywhere podcasts are are streaming hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Google, uh, Apple Music yeah, Spotify Apple Google, Spotify Google um, all that all the other probably, ones probably so anywhere you can find we're waiting for verification but. oh so even more to come yes sweet um, hell yeah is there anything um, you want to add Jerry um man I mean you already kind of alluded to it but really uh if y'all seen the shirt, I'm, I've definitely appreciated you supporting uh, our brand and our, our, our mission and our mm, vision. Mm. I've seen you with the Don't Talk Act mm. shirt on. Thank you know you. what I'm saying? Yeah. Rocking it with pride. And I love how you represent Yardy Ting as well, man, because we, we really have to be here for each other. And sometimes the way that we support each other, and this is what I'm going to say, man, this is, this is part of the crux of Don't Talk Act. A lot of people, if you focus on supporting black businesses, black entrepreneurs, if you want to make sure that a black student in a new school that's mostly white is doing well, a lot of people will try to guilt you because they don't understand racism. They don't understand this type of adversity. They will tell you that you can't do this. You, you shouldn't focus on someone being black. You shouldn't focus on black-only businesses, even for just a day or whatever. But what they're not understanding is the way that you, if a, if a situation is, let's just say it's too far in a certain direction, like left. The only way to correct that is at some point to start to pull right. Mm. People ignorantly see it going left, and they tell you that if you just don't focus on it, you'll end up going forward. Mm. That's ignorant. That is. That's void of understanding. And so when we say don't talk, act, and when we talk about this mechanism that we created being black on main, we rose above conversations we rose above, above people asking a million questions and not understanding and telling people racist, and we just created a mechanism so that people can vote with their dollars and Hell put their yeah. money into black-owned businesses directly. Hell yeah. So we welcome you to do that. That's a beautiful thing, and that's what it's all about. I mean, just mind your business, spend your money in the right businesses, <laughs> and that's it. It doesn't have to be hard. Control your emotions yeah, and stop projecting shit on other people. Um, There's nothing you can even say about it. Yeah, that's it. It is what it is. What is already understood is not to be explained. Um, well, hell yeah. Um, Black on Main, it was uh, great being here. This is just um, part one, two of the interview. Genius Black and I have some things to discuss as well. But before we depart on the Black on Main portion, is this is just any final words? Uh, yeah, just just keep watching out. We, we have a lot of plans. Mm. So many plans that this is going to continue on long after me and Jerry are a part of this organization. Mm. Not that we plan to leave anytime soon, but Hell yeah. uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. uh, it's going to go a lot deeper. We have, we have plans, um, 
a lot of plants. More to come. Didn't want to give them away. I'm excited. Yeah, just keep watching. Hell yeah! Well, tremendous. Um, I'm gonna feel awkward because I'm gonna stop hitting record, so my mind's gonna feel like the conversation's gonna stop, but it's not because I'm still gonna be on FaceTime. So I gotta remember that, and that's me telling my brain <laughs> what to do. Black on main. Thanks for being here. If I could somehow access, wait, 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 I can. Sorry, I'm gonna be on pause for a second, but I just have to do this for podcast sake. It's one of my favorite things to do. Black on main. Thank you for being here. Please support Black on main. Hit their website, donate, hit their social media, promote. Next time they got merch, buy it. Listen to the podcast, share it. Like I said, you know, shit is still fucked out here even if your social media is looking back to normal for some people um hate to swear if i'm not allowed to swear i know i guess that is my podcast so i can swear but i always want to be cordial to new uh, new uh, guests but anyway don't talk act shout out black on main and that's it oh man i was pressing the rap air horn button on my phone my air horn was just gonna go off that was so anticlimactic i feel i feel cheated hold up hold up this is not nah, not nah. we can't do this i'm going on youtube and playing an air horn oh but it's gonna play through I'm going to have to take the L. I'm telling my ego to take the L. Imagine there was an air horn at the end of me saying that. Hopefully this... Uh... You can still put it in. You can edit it in. Oh. That was uh, sweet, homie. Damn, yo. <laughs> I'm going to keep all this in anyway because I'm about showing people that, you know, you sometimes you make mistakes, but air horn's going to go here. Shout out Black on Main. And now we are in phase two of the podcast, phase um, dose of the Black on Main Genius Black interview. And this is another Genius Black portion of the interview. How you doing, my friend? It's good to be still talking to you. Yeah, man, I feel magical, bro, but that's just a continuation of how I've been feeling, man. I love that. That's a tremendous adjective. Um, well, since we've already kind of had an introduction here, boss, I'm just going to get into the first question I asked everybody. What's your first memory of hip hop? Ooh. Man, so when I was a well, I guess this technically will show my age, even though I think I'm gorgeous, so I always <laughs> doesn't apply. <laughs> However, Love it. I remember being a kid, bro, and like my aunties and uncles so I'm from Texas, I'm from Dallas. We listen to music. One of the first songs I can really remember was this Houdini song. Um, the Freaks Come Out at Night. Freaks Come Out at Night, yeah. Yeah, I know that's on the radio, it had that like robotic vibe, and then in the music video, the black dudes, you know, they was doing that thing, and then I remember the dude that had that like, that brim on his hat, like, he was cool, bro. He was cool. That was, that was before rappers, more, before looking hard was the way you, you had clout. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could be more of a showman, you could be like, more like the rock people used to influence him and stuff. Yeah. So he had that crazy style, and I remember the video was dope. I, I didn't know exactly what the freaks coming out out at night meant but i mean i know now you know but whatever <laughs> you, you, you were young and you thought it meant like halloween maybe or something who knows uh, yeah, yeah and they was always messed up but I, I remember just jamming to that song it was on the radio my aunts and uncles used to sing it and stuff you know i remember that hell yeah yo hell yeah and you mentioned it uh already but uh you're from dallas texas yo um how many years did you grow up in dallas man like so i was born in baylor i was born in dallas i grew up kind of right next to Dallas in a city called Grand Prairie. So, yo, GP stand up. Um, yep. And then, you know, I went to uh, elementary school, middle school, high school in Grand Prairie, Texas. And then, um, so for me, it was like all the way up to, I guess like, what do you, when you go to college, like 18, 19, whatever. Yeah, like, 18. I was there the whole time. And then basically 
like I said, took that string of buses up the East Coast and then just been in Maine ever since. You know, so for a long time, it was like, oh, almost half my life. Then, oh, half my life I've been in Maine. But now more than half my life I've been in Maine. But like mm-hmm. really all the way until I was 18 and when I went to vote, when I went to college, I mean, I came to Maine to go to college. Yeah, know? yeah. That's dope, yo. Sweet. Well, we'll get into the Maine stuff in a little bit, huh? But I want to Where? talk about some of the youth in the in the Dirty South, as it's commonly referred to in this beautiful hip-hop community. Um, yeah. What were some of your hobbies, yo, when you were young? Were you, were you um, you know, outside? Were you indoors in the creative arts world? Were you watching TV, family, like, working? Like, How kind of did you spend your time, I'd say, like, in that kind of formative teenage years, so to speak? Yeah, bro. Um, so for me, um, true, true to life nerd, bro. Real, real nerdy. The way I, I always tell people that I'm like, I'm probably the most charismatic nerd you'll ever meet. This is what <laughs> I tell people, right? It's, a, it's like a joke. It's a play on words. But like, mm. I don't think those things are opposites. But, you know, stereotypically, you don't you think of a nerd and uh, charisma is like the opposite ends of a spectrum. I don't buy that. But I'm just saying, for me, you know, I'm, I'm a person who likes to talk to people and I like to tell stories and I like to make dope-ass music. But like, bro, when I was in high school... I played football, basketball, track every year, except for like when I hurt my knees, right? Yep. I was all into the sports. Um, I was also, for me, I, yeah, I used to work, man, I used to work at Church's Chicken, you know, I, I used to work at CC's Pizza. I used to play football and then have like two jobs at the same time, you know, like I was a, a hustling. I used to be in the National Honor, National Junior Honor Society and then the National Honor Society. I was in the acapella choir. Dang. I was in Destination Imagination. I was in Odyssey of the Mind. I was like a way overachiever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Defiant, like a little drug, you know, the dare type, beat drugs type yeah. thing. And um, so for me, I, you know how some people don't like school or like, oh, it's boring or they ask too much? I was just there squeezing it, my guy. Like yeah. real stuff, I was there going hard. And also on the music side, one thing that helped me, like you said, hobby-wise, when I was young, my big brother, when his rap group, my, my big brother, uh, they, they, they used to be called 214 Thugs. 214 is the uh, area code in Texas. Oh, hell yeah. But hell we yeah. never said 214 Thugs. It was always 214 Four. Thugs, right? Yeah. So they used to be in that, the, the homeboy Patrick. Um, just like people that was like, I used to look up to, right? And my brother, you know, your older brothers and his homeboys that was cool and was good at sports, but could rap and really make music. And so I remember like kind of, I was in choir always in middle school. And so I, I used to sing. And I, one of my choir directors helped learn me how to learn how to compose just a little bit. But then watching my brother and him like really like try to rap and make beats and stuff really inspired me. So when I was like 15, I started going to the studio out in Dallas, Texas, uh, Ghetto House Studios, which they still going strong. Shout out Norby. Really? Uh, shout out DJ uh, Lil Norby. Like, yeah, the family, like, man. That's anyway, awesome. I was nostalgic when I look at them, bro. Get my emotions going. That's like, so different, I'm a protege too. Out of that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, I mean, because uh, I've actually never been in Texas. And again, a lot of my, this is why I'm. I think it's so important for me to reiterate the importance of, you know, respecting black culture and giving back to it, um, especially, you know, when you're heavily impacted by it as a hip-hop fan, speaking myself, because a lot of my knowledge of Southern culture is through hip-hop culture. And I and I imagine that um, I can't, you know, probably pinpoint what everyday Texas culture was like, but I imagine it's a little bit different than coastal uh, Maine culture is, for sure. Uh, especially oh, yes. the climate, especially, as I know it's definitely hella different. Um, so it's just so interesting to, you know, have you here in Maine as, as a longtime resident now. But I love, you know, this is why I love these podcasts, yo, because I get to hear, like, yo, I got a backstory, yo. Like, I ain't actually from Maine. I may have been here for a minute. You might have seen me around, but I got almost two decades in Texas, yo. Like, that's my come up. That's that's where I started, as you said. Literally, bro. It, it, no, I, I, 
really like how you said that because for me it's almost like you know how like your mama or your aunt might make like a certain type of soup or a certain type of dish but then you go to your homeboy house even if they're not from another culture they could be like from around the same way but just because of the influence of, of their parents and stuff that same dish is a whole different flavor 100%. you know you might like it more you might like it less but it's going to be different well i come from a, a whole different environment than up here and i love it in maine i mm. really do Portland's one of my favorite cities ever but if I peel back to when I was like 15, 16, I remember linking up with my dudes, my homeboy Marcus Wells, M.A. Uh, shout, shout out to him too, M. Wells Music. He's still doing his thing. Super talented, super dope. I was blessed to like, somehow I was drawn to and was drawn to me like the people that were really dope. Like, I'm not saying there wasn't other people that was good, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. ended up clicking up with people that were really talented even when I was young. Hell yeah. And so, bro, we used to go out to this studio uh, like I said, in Dallas, I used to have a little Honda Prelude that my daddy gave me. Pushed on the highway, 25-minute drive, whatever, pull up at the studio. I used to have this big barn behind my dude Norby's house. And on the second floor was this dope-ass studio. His sound quality was super dope. It was called Ghetto House. And we used to go there, man. We would learn a lot. And, like, I remember Norby and the homeboy Killer Kale, they used to, like, at first, they used to, like, give me some free sessions. And that didn't last for too long. But I really appreciate it because, like, we didn't have no money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But that would be like, yo, y'all really on to something? Like, let's see what y'all can do. Get a couple things, and then I'll probably pay for a couple sessions over time. Mm. But it was kind of thing where I, like, found myself, bro. Honestly, I'll never forget. One day we was, we was recording this song called uh, True Soldiers for War, by the way. Yeah. And it came out on True Soldiers for War was produced by M.A., by M. Wells Music. I don't I think maybe Patrick Remus or Patrick Sneed. I think he might have put some production on it. Mm. But we, we were singing. I'm rapping. I used to do, like, this fast rap. Yeah. Like a higher voice, you say I got the base of my voice now. I, you yeah, know, I love my grown man and shit. Yeah. You know, but back then, you know, that was high school, right? Style. You said, yeah, like switch up over time. Yeah. And like I remember, we was doing, we was recording this record, and like if anybody can find this recording, even the homies of Texas, uh, I would love to hear it. At the end of this song, you know, like at the outro of a song, as it's going off, yeah, like as it's like maybe it's gonna fade out. You know, it's like the end of it. It feels a little different. Yeah, it was this song, and I remember there was this phrase that we used to say when I was young, and it's like G I G. Gig. It means like, like if you dance and like if you're really going hard, hard, you yeah. call it gig, right? Like it's a yeah. certain, it's a certain vibe, right? So yeah. we talk about some of that Texas flavor Slam. from back then. And so at the end of this song, and if you if you hear this record, it's still in the record. At the outro of it, we was doing this chant, and it was like three or four of us in the studio, like around one mic, and the homie Kale was recording us. He was the engineer, and we was just doing this chant. It was like it gig, don't it? It gig, don't it? It get don't it right just like saying like i know you heard that whole shit and you know that shit sound though right? yeah that's, that's the and that vibe. sounds mad texas to me yo right just like little breaths little movement because music is when i listen to music it's through my whole body like i just that's just how i experience it uh-huh. and i remember i'll never forget how after we was doing that and we recorded the layers and on the playback the homie killer kill who's the engineer and the producer or one of the producers that we work with he literally soloed out those vocal layers and he was like yo who is that who is that well who's doing that and we was like what you talking about he was like who's saying that i was like oh saying like ah like the little in-between parts that nobody else is doing i was like they was all like oh that's genius that's genius i was like yeah that's me he was <laughs> like yo you a producer and i was like oh oh okay i didn't even realize i didn't even know Damn. over time i recognized that the producer is the one with the vision yeah. Right. Who who starts to kind of see those things and how they fit together, mm. and then like, I was just naturally adding what needed to be there without even thinking about it. Mm. So he was definitely. I don't know if he know that, but if he heard this, that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in my young life. That's wild, you know I mean? yo. You can have that direct moment where you're like, shit, yo, 
I've been on the mic, but let's kind of go behind the mic and see what's on the other side. You know, that's, that's, that's pretty damn cool, yo. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, but yeah, man, for for me growing up, I I had hobbies. I used to like to draw mm-hmm. and uh, just take walks and just chill, you know, run around the woods. But like once I got into a creative vibe, from the choir vibes, I had a couple really uh, Miss Francis, Amy Francis was an amazing. Uh, choir director of middle school and then uh, Mr. Mathis I had him in high school he was just amazing he taught me a lot he let me live you know what I'm saying like mm. one of the things that I can say for me especially growing up in Texas uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, the right way to say this it's a certain type of people in Texas and like honestly bro it's a lot of white people in Texas who just like they don't understand they don't know how to un- they don't know how to let black people be vibrant mm. they always see it as a threat mm. Actually, that's, I mean, not to interrupt, but I saw a very powerful thing on, uh, I think it was like Twitter, and then I think it was like, can we like normalize people, like black uh, people in, um, what was the fucking adjectives, being passionate without it being perceived as anger, I think it was, and it was was just like, I was like, shit, you know, like, that's true, you just see white people bugging sometimes for no reason about shit, not to interrupt again, but I just, I, 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 I I appreciate you saying that. No doubt. And I mean, I'm also a big proponent of this. Can we normalize black people being angry? Because motherfuckers get angry? Exactly. Like, whoa, whoa, hold up. Humans get angry, yo. Like, let black people get angry without it. Like, people, like, getting fucking freaking out about it, bro. Right. It is what it is. And so, for me, there, there's just certain people, and, and not to even make it about race in this instance, but I, I can tell you there's a couple oh, of white you. people that are authority figures in my life who just saw me for who I was and let me be vibrant and having that space to breathe. Bro, damn, really helped me to grow into something that I think is powerful and impactful. Unless we're talking about the creative vibes right now, but even the role I play in Black on Main every day, we we can talk about the certain you know I'm recording this and mixing and mastering that and doing the radio ad and stuff because I, I learned how to do music and how to do this engineering stuff years ago and I'm trying to, I'm still getting better and better. I'm not saying I'm the best, but if it wasn't for some of the people that when I was young and the fact that like Norby and them let us come in the studio and believe in us even when we didn't have money. If I didn't have those instances, I would. You know what I mean? The outcome would just be a different genius black, or maybe I wouldn't be genius black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Heavy. So I, just a shout out to those people, man, who really let me be vibrant. Like, really, really meant a lot to me. I like that. I, that's a cool phrase, yo. I, and I appreciate you sh- uh, sharing that as well. Um, one question before we get to uh, perhaps your main endeavors now. Um, yeah, I remember that. I almost forgot the question. I was like, shit, it's a good question. Where, where'd you get the name Genius Black? Man, you know, speaking of, growing up in Texas, we used to live in Royal Oaks, R-O-Y-A-L. Uh, Royal Oaks, that's what I call it. I guess you would call it Royal Oaks, yeah. but we just don't talk like that. So, uh, yeah, growing up in Royal, Lake, Royal Oaks, which back then was Section 8 housing. I don't even know if it is anymore. Mm. And the back of the apartments is a little bit rougher than the front where we live. You know, the stuff will go down because, you know, that's what it is. But... When we used to be up in Royal Oaks, I remember that. I was always a nerd from a little kid. And like, like if someone like got like a new piece of gear, or they bought a computer, or they found a computer on the side of the street and they didn't know how to put it together, they often would come find me because I could figure it out or I knew how to do it. And I remember like the same homeboy, Patrick, who used to be in a group with my brother, Carlson, mm. that I was just talking about earlier. His grandmother was Miss Tweet. And I remember Miss Tweet, she, like one time, they was trying to get to put this computer together. And somebody came to grab me. They was like, yo, we was trying to figure this out. And Miss Tweet said, go find Genius. Go find Genius. Genius to figure it out. Right? So she kind of gave me that nickname. Oh, but it shit. Stuck. What grade so was that? Did you say what grade that was? Say what? Uh, did you say what, what grade that was? Oh, man. I mean, like, 
this had to be like the fourth, fifth grade. Young, yo, damn, like 10, 11. Yeah, yeah, I've always been like on the, the brain shit, or what, I don't know how you say it, like, but Different like since frequencies. I was very young, and I'm an old soul, I used to go to people's houses, like my homeboys and homegirls, and just talk to their parents and mm. shit. You know oh, yeah. Like, that's always been like that. I, I feel you got the elder energy, perhaps. I guess that's a good way to say it. Not, yeah. not just like your young old ass, elder energy. I like yeah, that. <laughs> but like, I remember when, going, when they yeah. came and I helped them with the computer or whatever, but that nickname, Genius, stuck. And so I grew up, there's always been a contingency of people in my life. When they see me, they'd be like, what up, Genius? What up? Like, that's mm-hmm. just, that's literally just been my nickname from childhood. It didn't have nothing to do with music. Of course, when I started doing music, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm Genius, blah, 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 blah. Like, that was a good nickname. It made sense. And then it was when I was at Bowdoin. When I was at Bowdoin College, I was an Africana Studies major and an English minor, and, uh, and you know, Bowdoin's, let's say, relatively rigorous, and I'm there doing my thing, and I'm just learning all this shit, even, honestly, from white people about blackness and about black culture, stuff that I didn't even know about the history. And so I changed the moniker from genius to genius black, like a first and last name, and the last name is definitely black. I like that, yo. Feel That's me? Cool. And so I've definitely had people be like, yo, you should change the name, like, I don't know, like, that might this, that might that, and I'm like, I, I hear all that, and I'm definitely genius black. <laughs> I love that, yo. Enough said. Uh, straight up, man. That's a that's a great explanation and a great segue to what I really want to talk about next. You coming to Maine, yo? Um, again, like I said earlier, um, I know I don't, not from firsthand, but I know that Texas uh, definitely different culture from me. So I kind of want to talk about what the cha- maybe if the, what changes you saw, or like uh, things that might have been like hope if there was hopefully positive things about Maine you liked. But before that, I remember you dropped a really interesting um, line. You said you Greyhound bus up the east coast on your way to maine do you have any like um memories about like you know that journey that's a pretty long journey i feel like on a bus yo wow bro well yeah bro yeah. <laughs> um bro the first memory i have man to keep it keep it 100 yeah for sure for sure you know it was a big deal that i was going away to college and you know at that point, not a whole lot of people in my family had went to college, just like in our generation at, at that time or whatnot. And, uh, my big brother started college before me, so I looked up to him for that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, like, I remember that summer when it was time to go. You know, I had my girl at the time, and, and like, I was, I was about to be out. And I remember, man, we went to the Greyhound. I remember because it was a special. It was like $100, whatever. You can go wherever in the United States, whatever. Damn. Bought the tickets, and my mama, we stand up in the Greyhound, man. My mama is, uh, is Christian. My mama is real, is, is real as they come, my God. We standing up in the Greyhound in a little circle praying. My mama crying. She praying for her son about to go to college. I'm trying not to cry. Oh, I'm trying to be respectful, keep my eyes closed, because we talk, we before God, you know what I'm saying? And she just, you know, just really put those blessings out to protect me and send me where I need to be, man. And so for me, that was a big moment. That that was a, you know, people talk about the empty nest syndrome. That was, it wasn't per se that because my, my little brother was still there and stuff, but my mom was sending off her middle son to a college up on basically the other side of the country. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's one of my first memories of that. And then, man, yeah, I remember, bro, I didn't even know that you could switch buses like that. I I, I rode like 12 buses, bro. True. Like, like it wasn't two or three, bro. That was all these chains. I remember... I never knew how beautiful Tennessee was, bro. What, what do you call it? The Whatever, the Smoky Mountains or whatever that, bro, it's gorgeous. I remember waking up one morning being like, That's awesome. man, this is like a tour of the country, man. Like, I had never really been on a lot of vacations or whatever. So yeah. for me, it was long, but it was also enjoyable. I'm also a soldier. Like, you cram me in there for a while, like, I can take it, bro. So it wasn't that uncomfortable. So I was next to this one dude. 
this Puerto Rican dude from New York. He was super cool. He's a lot bigger than me. Yeah. But I'm kind of a big dude. And yeah. us matching together, that was not comfortable. But outside of that, <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, he was the homie, though, so I'm not hating. Yeah, but no, outside no. of that, it was cool. It was long, man, but I was really trying to take it in, prepare myself for wherever I, where I was going. Um, made a, Actually met, met a couple people that I kind of stayed in contact with for a little while, just on that trip. Cause I got no a, a way, yo. Be in the face of people, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that was a, it was a long trip, my guy. I want to talk about what you just said to um, you met some people and you actually stayed in contact with and just so people understand and I'm a lucky one I call myself almost like a uh, a bridge gapper because my parents were mad old school and analog with technology growing up and I was lucky to access digital shit on the cusp of like the new millennium and especially the 2010s kick of it so now you know people might not think it's you know like oh, do you, so what you met a couple people on like a train and different parts of the country at that and you like just followed them and got their like their their mobile phone number and it was easy it's like well not always like well, it wasn't like that you're like we didn't have social media back then so and it's pretty cool you stayed in contact with people like in a way yeah actually no, it, it wasn't no cell phone numbers i didn't have no cell phone yeah because uh, what year was that landline what we thought it was going to be yeah, yeah. Nah. and i'm big on that too I, I like to connect with people i'm a connector of people and a communicator naturally you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so yeah i definitely I definitely did that vibe, bro. I love that, yeah. Because what, what year was that? Was that like oh, oh like oh three or something? Oh four? You were saying? Not to. Nah, like I mean, honestly, when I was coming up, it was like two thousand. Oh, bet right at the millennium. Two thousand, two thousand four. That's dope. You were so. Dude, what was, what was that? I've always wondered, like, what was it like that New Year's like? What was New Year's into the millennium like as like a, as a young person? Was it was it wild? No, that was that was Y two K. motherfuckers going crazy. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone thought, the, or people were going wild. Excuse me. Um, that was when everyone thought the computers were gonna um, dead stop, right? Bro, I remember there was a certain contingency of people who was like, "I don't think anything's bad gonna happen." You had people on TV, on radio, on the news that was like, "You guys don't understand. It's the way the computers work. They're not designed to set up when it's 1999 is over. They're just gonna." And you just thought like the Earth was gonna explode <laughs> and become chunks of the moon or something, bro. Nobody was talking about it. And so New Year's was just like it was it was it was divisive, you know. People was like, "What is it going to be? Going to be this or that?" That was a weird year. But uh, what was I the mean, morning I was like? In the year two thousand, and like that was a big, that was a pivotal year. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a new new uh, new century. You know what I'm saying? So that was that was a cool time. It was a cool time to graduate in two thousand and to feel like I guess everybody feels like this, but to really feel like I'm the future. Facts. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. What was the morning of like New Year's two thousand like when you woke up? Were you like, "We made it, motherfuckers." Ah man, I was chilling, bro. You, you know, you were, you were doing your art. You were in the woods, and you were doing some art shit, or just being just being a young nerd. It sounds like having some fun yeah, with it. Probably, I love Boy, that. Me. Well, um, tangent aside, appreciate the technology technology we have because it's changed like so much, yo, in just like twenty years, and like in the blink of an eye, we're all connected, and it's wild. I still, I'm still blown away by it. Cause I, I came up on VCRs. I used to tape shit on VCRs, bro, and now I watch 4K streaming. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, bro? That's, anyway, 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 what is life? Um, That's even, like, just, that's, like, 15-year difference, actually, straight up. Um, First impressions of Maine, Genius Black. It was cold as fuck. Um, most of my first impressions were at Bowdoin College. One of my first memories, bro, is because they flew me up to Bowdoin to come visit, and they came and they picked me up from the airport in like a little shuttle or a van. And I remember driving on the highway and going past that giant um, globe that used to be DeLorme, but now it's uh Yeah, the globe. Like the, it's in like Yarmouth, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Bill Lawson, whatever the, the the map company is. But I remember seeing that. I was like, what? Like, what is that? They were like, yeah, this was like the biggest globe in the world or whatever. I was like, man, man, it's way more impressive than I thought. I mean, obviously, I'm thinking all of Maine because I see a giant globe. That's but awesome. But I remember that was one of the first things that stood out to me about the state, if that makes sense, because that's just one of the first major things that I saw. That's cool. Um, I can also say, man, I, I hope this doesn't sound rude because I, I love all my people, but I just never seen so many pale, pale skin. No, that's people. fair. There's you a lot I mean? of us out here, but not just white people, but I'm not from New England. So where I'm from, people still got tans and shit. But I remember like being in Bowden and being like in those dinosaurs and be like, yo, man, like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> again, now I get it. It's ain't no sun. It's no cold. sun up people here. People try to stay in the house. It's cold outside. You ain't trying to go get no tan or whatever, you know? Yeah. So those are some of the first things, you know? But for me, again, Bowden College is my first stuff. And I, I, for me, the intellectual vibe and the knowledge vibe at Bowden College and some of the history, the long-winded history mm. of Bowden and what it's meant uh, to the world and to Maine and to this country, l- learning about some of that stuff early on was some of my first understandings of Maine. And I always thought that was so dope, man. As an oh, institution, yeah. it's a great college. It's been there for a long time for great reasons. Mm. So I always had respect for Maine because the way I was introduced to Maine was in such an a, a impactful and powerful way, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, that is, that's a big life-changing way. You know, like, college is a major transitionary period for a lot of people, uh, myself included, to be straight. Um, were there any, um, like, settling into Bowdoin and getting there, you know, first semester or so, or even, you know, just maybe, like, you know, a year or two in, like, were, were there things you started to really like about living in Maine? Like, what, what were some positive things, hopefully, about being <laughs> in, in the 207? When I first started recognizing of all the people that I went to college with, those people from New York, New Jersey, Boston, 15 minutes outside of Boston, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty chill with most people Mm. for the most part. Mm. But the thing that stood out to me was that people from Maine, they reminded me of people from Texas, like Mm. way more than these other people. I always found myself getting along with people from Maine. Like they could understand me, I could understand them. They, I don't know. And so for me, that was one thing I recognized that like compared to a lot of people from other places, I could get down with Mainers. Um, mm. I started to realize how rugged people in Maine are in real life. Mm. Uh, you can't survive these winters without being rugged. <laughs> it's also beautiful, man. Straight like, up. I, like, Texas is beautiful, don't get me wrong. But, like, once you actually start to, like, go out and walk through the pines, you know, at Bowden, and, like, someone actually takes you out in the woods and whatnot, you just recognize, like, you can get some of that solitude, man, some of that, that prana, that air, you know what I'm saying? For me, that started, I started to recognize how truthfully beautiful it was. And I... Even after Bowden is when it settled in more, but I remember when I started to recognize, like, oh, you know, I remember maybe my junior year, I was uh, dating, uh, actually, the mother of my children, or senior, but, no, junior, and I remember sitting out in the summer and seeing the traffic spike up, because you got to think, at Bowden, most students go home for the summer, mm. so if you're not from Maine, and if you've never been on vacation in Maine, because, like, we didn't go on vacation, I definitely didn't freaking go to Maine for vacation, mm. It wouldn't be logical to think that in the summer when all the students, when you as soon as you're gone, it's hella busy all of a sudden. Yep. You see what I mean? It's weird. I remember staying in Brunswick over the summer and being like, yo, it's popping. They got all these programs at Bowden. You go down to the little, like, when people get off the highway when they got to go up north, that road is busy all day. I'm like, this road is never busy like this. And so you start to learn. I remember the day when I, hey, it hit me, bro. This is why they put vacation land on the down. That's <laughs> place. What? Like, you I knew. I literally didn't get it, bro. <laughs> well, then you, you know? figured so, it out. So, yeah, it starts to solidify for me at Bowden to really start to understand, I guess, kind of the economy of Maine, the history, the, the like, how it is with the different seasons, you know what I mean? But 
Yeah, man. Like, but, but people from Maine was always cool to me. I love that. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you got some. I mean, you just like adjusted and, and, and you fit in, in a nice pocket of Maine because, like you said, it's popping in the summers. And if you can find a cool, perhaps, you know, young crowd that you can relate to and then get to enjoy three months of like stupid East Coast sunshine, that sounds like a pretty yes. cool young lifestyle. Um, but the reason why, you know, I linked up with you today is because I'm a, I'm a fan of what you've done in the, in the music world, my friend. And, um, Let's talk about music in college. Um, did you start producing in college, like, or did at least start to like maybe take producing a little bit more seriously or confidently in college? Or just, can you speak on producing at Bowdoin? Yeah, bro. So I had already started like the basics of production when I was in high school. Really, my senior year at that studio is messing around on little keyboards. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to play. Mm. But I always had a musical ear because I was in choir and stuff like that. Bowdoin College, freshman year, I did a little bit, I got a little bit better. It was sophomore year when a couple of friends of mine, uh, Jackson, Steakman, I'm trying to think, of, there was another guy who worked the college who was helping to build in the basement of WBOR, the campus radio station, in Dang. the basement of it, they used, uh, or in the basement of that building, and next to the radio station, there used to be, they were trying to build a recording studio. And I remember they didn't understand a couple things, so they came to me for advice. And luckily, I was able to give them advice. Hell yeah. So once they set up a studio, I used to go in there and check it out. And it wasn't very popular, but like I was like, oh, man, this is so dope. And it was a basic setup. You know, I started using Pro Tools a little bit, Digital Performer. I started learning. And I can say that was definitely when I started to get like serious about being a producer. Like, not just like, oh, I can do this, I can do that, but like, how do I get nice? What should I be practicing? Mm. Why does this sound like this and it doesn't sound good? Mm. And it's also when I started getting more serious about engineering. Bro, I only became an engineer and started learning how to mix and master and stuff because I would make records, I would like make a beat and then record my voice. And I was like, oh, the beat sounds good in a sense and my voice is dope and my lyrics are okay or whatever. But I was like, but you put it in the car and it sounds like trash. All right, you start doing research, you realize there's a thing called mixing. That's and polishing, compressing, and equalizing, Mastering. cutting off stuff that you don't want to hear instead of just always turning up the thing that you think you want to hear more. Mm. Right. So for me, at Bowdoin College and in, in that basement, bro, I spent hundreds and hundreds of hours, bro. I used to sleep up in there sometimes, go to class in the morning, and so that's when I started to hone my craft and, and recognize. You know, short story. A person sat down one time, and I was like, "Man, I feel like I'm being spiteful. Like I'm not getting as much done as I want. I'm a rapper. I'm a producer." And I'm a I'm a I'm an engineer. And somebody that I trusted was like, bro, it's gonna sound crazy, but I think you should give up one of those. And I think that will give you enough. You got a lot of like, you know, energy and juice, but you can't divide it three ways. If you tighten it, if you, if you boil it down a little bit more, I think you can break through with that. And I was like, I don't gotta do that, man. I'm matching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I remember struggling with it, like really mm. being like, dad, but like I can tell that something's not right. So I gave up the rapping part, honestly. That's, mm. that's how I started. Yeah. Any of these other things, I started off with my voice and rapping because I used to sing. And so, but once I gave that up and some time passed, wouldn't you know, my brother started getting better at producing, started getting better at engineering, started listening better. And so, yeah, Bowden, I can definitely say, is when I boiled down, slowed down the rapping piece, which I've only recently returned to, which y'all gonna hear more about that. Ooh. But, yeah, 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 I've been putting my voice down, homie. Let's get it. Um, and so... For me, that was when I was able to boil down, pull back some of the craft, and just uh, kind of laser focus on, you know, a sort of couple pieces. And yeah, man, I definitely got a lot nicer. Like, different musicians influenced me. I was able to learn how to collaborate better. I'm really, really big to this day mm. on both collaboration and synergy. Mm. Like, I draw mad energy from that. 
and Bogey was when, I mean, because obviously you go to the studio with people sometimes, and even that moment I was telling you about when I recognized that I was a producer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of collaboration involved, but I started to really explore and understand, like, the science of collaboration and how to actually make something pop off. A lot of that for me definitely occurred at Bowden in, in, in WVOR, that, in that radio station uh, studio, as well as just in my dorm rooms. I used to work, live at the African American Center, the John Rushworm African American Center. Um, and I was a house manager there, so I had, had this room there, and I had some speakers and some gear. And I spent a lot of hours in there, probably hours that I should have been doing schoolwork. <laughs> no, not probably, like for sure, though. <laughs> but I was working. Hey, you know, be like I that. Working. Hell yeah. Um, first thing, shout out to WMPG. I'm a huge college radio fan, and I'm the hip-hop director there. And I'm so hey. happy that your college um, had a space that you could facilitate music uh, creation through, too. Because, man, that's like that's such a blessing to have those resources, in my opinion. It matters, bro. For real, for real. Um, hell yeah, yo. Um, were there any producers that perhaps made you want to craft your own style, or just any influences you had at this time? Or any time, I guess, behind the boards? Man, when I was young, I used to listen to, like... Like, it would blow my mind what, you know, Timberland was doing, Dr. Dre, DJ Premier. Um, I mean, there's a couple other West Coast people I could bring up. And, you know, down south, I didn't actually know exactly who all the producers were, but there were certain styles that would just jump out at me, man. And I remember, you know, more, part of my motivation has always been like, I remember I used to fall asleep listening to Timberland Beats, like, with, like, headphones on. It was, like, on my Walkman and shit. I remember I used to listen to, like, Aaliyah's album, mm. uh, uh, One in a Million, which you can't find on Spotify and everything right now. you got to go to YouTube to find it. But Missy miss and Timberland hooked that shit up. But I would fall asleep, like, listen to that music on my ear, on, on my headphones because how they had panned different things left and right and created the stereo image that was really popping and jumping. And I was just so inspired, and I always felt like, man, as I get better at this, I just hope one day somebody like me is like vibing to my stuff and it's hitting them this deep. And even if they don't understand how I did it, it's giving them these same kind of vibes. Like that's always been part of my, it's like, I'm not so worried about being famous as much as I want to, like if the reason I become famous is because my shit really hits you in the gut like that, then I'm going for the gut punch. I love that. So yeah, definitely those people that I named, I could give you more, but like I always remember like, bro, they was just on it bro yeah the titans of like the the production world um and my respect to you I, I, i'm just big on respecting the producer in general that's like kind of like a hashtag or like minor movement i'm like a big supporter of because producers definitely get credit in some hip-hop circles but a lot of times you only see you know the artist who's the vocal artist on it and in my opinion yes. there's so many incredible beats that honestly have carried a lot of you know songs especially songs that i can consider perhaps vibe music like songs that might have good ad libs, songs that might have good just catchiness, but when you really put it on paper, it ain't the poetry that my eyes prefer to see, in my opinion. But everyone's got the preferences. So respect the producer always. And then always respect the audio engineer. These motherfuckers putting in work to make our shit sound crisp. You know how mixing a, a, a really well mixed song or especially album might be the most underappreciated event in music at times in my opinion because it's like you know how hard it is to layer dense you know you're engineering it's it's hard as hell to do that sometimes so respect res yeah. respect audio engineers as well i just wanted to say that um appreciate that bro yeah anytime yeah, yeah man it's just like it's not even just because you're here in the room I mean, you can i got receipts online like i'm just big on that like 
I'll be playing beat tapes heavy. I just cop the new one pound soil works tape on Bandcamp. Motherfuckers better go cop that if you ain't having um that yet. Um so That's hell yeah. Fun. Um did you um continue your um production endeavors like uh, right after college or cuz I know um you you stayed in Maine, correct? So were you still producing on the main scene right after that or how did you kind of like yeah, find your yeah. footholds in here? Part, part of what happened for me, man, is that my son, Jalen, was born, who's also a rapper. He goes by Jalen E.B., and he's nice. Check him out, SoundCloud, right yeah. Jalen E.B. But um, he was born my when I was still at Bowdoin, mm. right? And so um, at the end of my junior year, um, found out he was pregnant. You know, he's born my senior year. And so I had to, like, really man up. And, like, you know, it's one of those stories. You know, I was still yeah. in college. I had to take a couple, like, an extra class. And my son was born. I got real skinny. I was stretched out, but I, I had the best grades that I ever had at both. You know yeah, what I mean? I graduated go. with that. And so for me, I knew like I had to take things serious. So when I was towards the end of my career at Bowdoin, is when I started like charging people to run sessions and making sure that I actually sold my beats and I just gave them to my boys because I knew they could rap. Mm. So I had to like shift to the entrepreneur piece a bit because my son was coming and then when he was born. But yeah, bro, once I caught on at Bowdoin, I've never stopped producing. Hell yeah. I never stopped. I love I mean, that. Many people in my life have. Um, I'm older than I used to be, but like I just always knew that I was supposed to continue to create music and I was supposed to write ideas and collaborate with people. So I, I it wasn't even like right after. I just continuously did. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I was pretty good back then, but like people wasn't like hiring me left and right, and like every mm. beat I played for people, they wasn't just like, oh, this is crazy. So. You know, I was still growing. I can say that. But yeah, people was buying beats for me. I was running sessions. I was learning how to mix. I know how to mix a record and stuff. So yeah, you know, it definitely continued right after college. Like it just, it's never stopped, honestly. Hell yeah. I love to hear that. Um, when did you really um, start to perhaps link up with people and get some, you know, good placements on the scene? Because I've probably been doing it way before that. But I, I actually, I think got into you first through Sorry I'm Trash. Because I'm a fan hey. of Shane's work. And, um, Low key, I, he sent me that shit, and I was like, "Ooh, this shit is dummy." And he was telling me all the names on it, and there are some tracks. And I'm like, "Who's this genius black? This person's doing some cool shit." And then I found out you were on the other side of the boards, and I was like, "Oh, like double respect." Because like I said, I respect main producers heavy. I mean, just any you don't have to be just straight up from them. Because shout out, was it Royal? What was it Royal? Where are you from? Royal Oaks. Royal Oaks. Shout out Royal Oaks. Um, You've been you've been putting in work in um, Maine as a producer, so shout out Maine producers and shout out Maine audio engineers. Heavy, that's why we doing this shit from day one, a one. But anyway, um, I just was like, fuck yeah, I got another name to like add to the list, and then I you know followed what you've been doing um, post that heavy. And um, like when when did you start to I guess maybe find confidence on the scene in your opinion? Yeah, so I, I do have to peel back for one second. When I was at Bo, yeah, peel back. One dude. person that I, I have to shout out who like mentored me and who let me use his like real studio he used mm. to live in Brunswick and it's the homie Steven Saxon mm. uh, he, he goes by Ness as a producer mm. he's a crazy talented pianist mm. um, really 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 good and just a good musician and musical guy vocal director in general but like he really helped me to flower and like just experience different gear and stuff that I didn't know about and kind of helped mentor me and hell so, yeah you know, uh, working through him and through his studio, I did gain some confidence and I just gained some skill. I would say, you know, I, I, okay, part of the reason that I ended up on the Sorry I'm Trash album, which was really an immaculate project. Like, if you haven't heard Sorry I'm Trash as a whole prize and album, like, I really recommend you go listen to it. Like, 
it doesn't like it doesn't matter if you're from Maine or not. Like we really did the thing on the album. Facts. That project is primarily it's George Foyze and Shay Rise on the you know production. I mean? they, yeah, exactly. Yeah, crafting those songs. George's production is really next level. He's very very talented. Um, he's kind of a special human in general. Yeah. And so when they approached me, like, yo, like, you know, because they had they had come through the studio. Then me and, me and my boy Sterling, we had this business out. Uh, when then we had Axion Studios. They had kind of come through there, and you know, we done some mixing or recorded a little bit of this or that, you know, on, on actually the previous album. Mm. Well, they hit me up and was like, yo, like, do you want to like do more engineering on this? And like, you know, George is a producer, Shane's the rapper artist. Genius Black is the engineer. Like, obviously, we all can do a little bit of this and that. I was like, yo, that just sound kind of magical, you know? Yep. And as we were working on it, ended up, I, I, I probably ended up doing, like, less production than I thought. I mean, not that George needs me to do production. Shit's fire, to be real. Yeah. But it was kind of thing where uh, I can say this. Like, for a little while, like, they wasn't really feeling how I was mixing the vocals. Like, I didn't even understand how much they didn't like how I was treating the vocals. But they liked how I was mixing the beats. And so there was all this stuff going on. Like, man, we worked on that shit for, like, a year, bro. And so, like, when you hear that project, the reason it sounds so fire and so intricate is because we took time mm. to craft it, you know, and mostly, like I said, George, with all the production and stuff. And then, you know, Shane really, he's a writer, he's a he's an MC, you know what I mean? I know there's people out here who don't even know what it fucking means when I say that, but there's a difference between being a rapper and an MC, even though, of course, there's overlap. But, like, he's really in the vein, you know what I mean? Hell he knows yeah, how to yeah. make it sound interesting and how to, like, make his voice sound dope. And so... For me, it was a pleasure real, real. and an honor to work on that. But, like, yeah, man, my Sonic Fingerprints is on there. Like, the first song that I mixed and then I mastered on there, and, I, and they'll all tell you the same thing. Like, I knew the album was going to be fire. There's a song called Looking For You. Mm. And the beat is by George, and George is singing the chorus, and it's so fucking fire. And it has it has Sarah Violet does the first verse. She kills it oh, yeah. fire. And then Shane Rise goes, and like, like I said, George is singing on the choruses. You actually, if you listen to that song, you hear my voice at the end saying, like, sample that. I make this little sound. Like, I, I again, since I was young, I add little sprinkles and tidbits because I can. I know it's supposed to be there, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, but I'm not going to, I don't, I don't, I don't take any production credit for that. That's George. George crushed on that shit. Mm -hmm. Actually, as and an he, engineer, my son, Jalen, gave me a dope-ass idea about how to take this voice, this little, like, like the sound that George did, and we repeated it. Because it was just fucking fire. So, like, the universe was just trying to make that shit dope. But, boy, once I mixed and mastered that, I just knew the album. Like, I was like, yo, this, this shit's going to be fire. So, over time, uh, I was doing some vocal work in terms of mixing. And then George preferred the way he mixed, which I was cool with because he was learning so much so fast. Yeah, yeah. And I, I ended up, like, going out to his spot and, like, mixing, helping mix down a bunch of the stuff, like, right at the end. Mm. And then I mastered a bunch of it at my spot. Mm. But, like, man, it was a growing experience. I produced, like, with my hands on Good Morning. Good Morning, we sampled a track that I made years ago, and then George beefed up the beat, added horns and shit. I recorded oh, yeah. the homie Susie, uh, Susie Assam. Uh, true fact, I didn't have, at one point, oh, I can't even show you. I got this nice, like, big microphone. Yeah. Uh, or I had it uh, at my crib. It was George's mic. And I didn't have a mic stand. But I had to record the homie Susie on the chorus on Good Morning. Mm. So I held the microphone in front of her with my arm guy. Like, straight up. I was the mic stand. But then it gave me this idea. I was like, well, why don't I hold the mic at like different heights and different angles to you while you sing at it? Because then that's going to give you a slightly different timbre. 
because we're going to layer these and do harmony, it's going to sound more like a choir. Damn. If I had a mic stand, I don't think I would have thought of that. Yeah. Because we were in this organic moment and we were just responding and we were being resourceful. You know, as magical as brown people do. No, no, no. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. But it's true. It's <laughs> I true. love it. Right? Adversity and things like that really bring something out of you that you don't, you can't pre-think it. Mm. Right? Mm. And I remember recording it. We did the layers of shit. And I played it back. I was like, damn, that shit sound fire. I sent it off to George. He mixed that shit in. And then we actually, later, we had this big old session. My homie Sid came through. And we, and we layered more vocals from Susie. So we did that whole song. Uh, me and George produced that one together. But he, like, helped finish it off. And then I also helped produce, um, there's a song called You Ain't Shit. <laughs> I made the drums mm. in my crib in Biddeford in the morning. Uh, I knew I, I made some hard-ass drums because that's what I like. And then I took him to the studio with George, and I, I pulled up some other drum loops, start playing some shit. It was like, eh, that didn't go nowhere. We had like seven people in the session, mm. and then we started playing pianos and added stuff to to the drums for "You Ain't Shit." And then we decided to make a whole song dedicated to that at least one person in your life who, as long as you've known them, and you want them to be something to you, but ultimately you realize that they ain't shit. They ain't mm. never help you with nothing. And they pull you down. <laughs> I just gave myself permission one time to call that person out. So if you haven't heard that song called You Ain't Shit from the Shane Rise and George Foyze album, then you should do that. You should go back and you should listen to that. It's called Sorry I'm Trash. But yeah, man, I really had a good time working on that. I really love the timbres and the, like some of those beats, bro. Uh, Sensei the Guru goes crazy. Uh, Dave Gutter goes ham on one of the choruses, bro. Like, oh, there's just yeah. so many magical moments on the album. So, Kenya yeah, Hall spazzes on that. That helped me feel, yeah, yeah, bro. That helped me feel dope out here in the scene. I know, I'm sorry, that's my long-winded way of answering your question. <laughs> people out here, like, I was able to collaborate with a lot of those people and to show that I could mix and I could also shape records. And so, yeah, people started hitting me up more after that, like, out here in the local, like, very Yeah, two, in two of seven Portland scenes what I'm thinking about. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope. That. Um, well, I love, uh, I just love when you can when you can get that passionate about something, you know. Because I'm a big fan of Sorry I'm Trash. Um, I remember I was playing that in the car on the way to a like a be all show in Baltimore, and I was just like, "There's such cool shit going on in the scene," and I don't even care if like people aren't tapped in because I just feel so lucky to be tapped in myself to it. And uh, yeah, just I, I like hearing about the history from that project. Um, just uh, props against you though for you know regardless of what you're working on, whether it's you know more homies or like you know. Um, work you're getting hired for or you know working on like you know big main 207 projects I, I appreciate that you just kept working on your craft steady you know through college post-college and even up to today because today yeah. you're doing some cool shit I mean you've been cooking up with lots of people um in this last I'd say like almost like three quarters a year full year or so I've just seen you know I think of um rich man you know comes to mind but besides you know Shane and Jellica I mean you I've seen you know Jay Armani um, Andre Hicks, um, I think Jarrell yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, you got some other stuff out here on the scene. So, I mean, what's been this recent uh, surge of collaboration like for you? Because you mentioned collaboration's big and synergy's big, and I'm, I, I'm, a, I love seeing collaboration. Like, I think organic collaboration is one of my favorite things to witness as a human because it's just so cool to see humans in synchronicity put out a product that can be unified. So, yes. Uh, yes. speak speak on your, your 207 collabs, man. What what uh, what, what you've been working on? What you've been cooking on? And what? Bro, so right now, um, I got like these, it's like four songs that's bubbling, but I highlight a couple. One of them is a song called Head Down. Mm. Head Down is a song, it's a collaboration. Um, 
I'm, I'm like still shaping it up. Right now, it's me. It's the homie Drill. It's the homie Shane Rise. Um, I might even get the homie Shamik on it. But mm. there's, almost, there's also a remix in the works, but it's mm. a song called Head Down. And I'm not going to give the whole thing away, but I can tell you that me and the homie Tiny Foot wrote it. Um, he's also on the track. He's on the chorus. Tiny Foot Music, shout out the homie. We, uh, man, it was like around all these protest times. And um, we went to sleep one night, and then we woke up, and we made this record. And that shit is hypnotic, bro. And it's all about how, um, <laughs> I, I say it like this, it's all about how the concept of head down, and I wrote the chorus, is about how, unfortunately, police officers in America hypnotize people into a false sense of safety, mm. when in fact, the police might be the thing they're most unsafe from. Mm. I mean, people don't want to hear that shit, but I mean, I read something today to just spark in my mind, bro, like... If you see, if, like, you know, let's say you, you, you are, I mean, it ties directly to Portland right now. And these are subjects, again, people might not want to talk about, but life's fucking real and people be dying out here. So, like, sometimes you got to talk about shit and you got to be a little uncomfortable, bro. But anyway, um, if you're hungry and, you're, and you have no place to go and, you know, you call the police, so we're here to protect and serve people, you know, so to speak. You know, according to some, there's so many interpretations because there's so many infinite fucking pers perspectives in this mess, right. this beautiful mess of humanity we live in. But if you call and say, I'm homeless, I'm hungry, can you please help me? Where, sh where should I do? Where should I go? They might link you with something, but chances are they might just hang out, right? If you called the f like 911 said there's someone eating food out of a trash can and trying to sleep on a public bench they probably come and like kick that person out of the park and that analogy just shows you that like maybe like the systems we have in our country don't fucking actually apply to the current day and shit isn't the opposite in a lot of ways so I appreciate you speaking on that and sorry to yeah, interrupt but that, that metaphor the thing I can tell you about that is like I, there's, a, there's a style that I've been developing for a couple years it's a certain way that I'm playing my, my bass lines and I'm, I'm kind of incorporating some acoustic and live instruments with, you know, maybe something that you might expect to hear in a trap beat or something like that. So mm. you would hear that, and the homie Tiny Foot really kills the chorus, and all the rappers so far really go crazy. Um, I don't have it boiled down to a final version, so that's not me telling you exactly who's going to be on it. Like you, yeah, no worries. Uh, people listening might not know. I know you're more familiar with the process. Like, we, it's all organic. It's done when it's done, my guy. Exactly. But, like, you know, that one, Head Down, is a really special song. I believe that the ancestors got my back on that. I believe that strong that you couldn't convince me otherwise. Oh, damn. Um, I also have a song right now called She Is Real. Yo, um, man, not to give away too much, but I can tell you that Another collaboration with the homie Tiny Foot Music. Mm. Uh, you know, he's on acoustic guitar. And, like, I, I did the production and the capture of it all and the engineering. And, um, I just had my homeboy Ben Noyes add some live cello to it. Ooh. It sounds crazy, That's bro. Real. Like, if at the mention of that, if you think it maybe sounds good, trust me, it does. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, it's funny. Uh, I'm on the course making some little sound, doing a little voice thing, and then Tiny Foot's doing, he's crazy nice singer, bro. His voice is crazy, mm. crazy good, and kind of smooth and sweet. And then I, I, the song is, the song She Is Real is just about, like, the queens, bro, and about, like, how the ladies make you feel. And So it's funny, mm. today, I got a, um, I got a verse back, you know, like how DJ Khaled, I was talking about, you know, when the vocals are going to come in. I got some vocals in today via We Transfer. There we go. From, from one of the queens, one of the local queens, Angelica Ferre. Oh, there you go. Now, the young vocalist. 
Ugh. So now we got Angelica on the track. And she's doing the Queen vibe, you know. So really, man, so that song, She Is Real, I think it's something that um, it's part of an EP that I'm going to drop. Um, and I, I think y'all should keep an eye out. And the last thing I'll tell you, just uh, a really recent collaboration with Kari Hodgins. Mm. Bro, really caught a vibe one night, summer night, you know what I'm saying? Everything was sexy and shit. And we we learned about, we were eating watermelon. Mm. And we were talking about tourmaline. Mm. Tourmaline is a gemstone, if you don't know. It comes yeah, in multiple yeah. colors. Exactly. We started to do research on tourmaline and realized that back in the day, in the state of Maine, they discovered a certain type of tourmaline. It's called watermelon tourmaline. It's beautiful. It's pink and green. Naturally, it literally looks like watermelon, my guy. That sounds sick. And we figured this out while we was eating watermelon. It's kind of crazy. That is weird. And we was like, wait, that's a thing? And so... A lot of stuff transpired that night, but suffice to say, he created a song called Watermelon Tourmaline Dream. And that shit is sexy as fuck. And when you listen to it, you're gonna you're gonna feel and see pink and green. You're gonna feel satiated. And like honestly, it's one of my favorite songs I ever made. And Kari Hodgins' voice is amazing, bro. Her presence is amazing and strong. And so that one, I think honestly, if y'all listen to this, when I drop this project. Tell me if it's your favorite. Tell me if it's your favorite. Because I think it might be, yo. Hell I also yeah. have a song coming out called Scoliosi that I produced with George Foisley. And that's just fire featuring Shamik the God mm. and, and Susie Osama. Mm. But the reason I talk about those tracks is because likely, uh, and I guess I'll, people don't know this, I guess this will be when people find out. So mm. it goes an announcement. Hell yeah. I have been working uh, over the whole corona, bro. Because the ain't that, if growing up in Texas and some of the shit I've been through ain't stopped me, God willing knows that, you know, <laughs> quarantine ain't gonna stop me neither. But it will allow me to focus. Mm. And over the time, bro, I started to get better at submitting my music uh, via different outlets and things like uh, SoundCloud playlist. I finally got some placements on Spotify playlist. Hell yeah. Um, different things like that. I had some success with that. Some internet radio stations. Mm. So, some of the music that I have coming out is actually also coming out, like, in France and different things, which is super dope. And, like, it That's took exciting. a lot of work and years to figure out how to do that. I can tell you that I also figured out uh, through certain outlets how to submit music to record labels on me mm. and so I remember like that song Head Down I submitted it to like five no no even before that Scoliosi I submitted it to like five record labels and I remember because the reason it stands out because every single one of them almost instantly turned me down there was this guy was like oh this is too short uh, that, that beat's kind of I don't know it's cool but I was like that's cool that's cool yeah. and one record label it's called Study Music Group, S-T-U-D-Y. Mm. They out of Oakland, California. They actually was like, yo, we really like this. Like, let's let's talk about what you want to do with your music, right? Like, it was nothing crazy, but they was like, nah. And I was like, wait, that's some people at a record label. Like, that's okay, awesome. you know, what they want to talk about, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so I was waiting to kind of get a hold of them and like protesting, doing my whole thing. And Black on May started taking off. Like, literally, this is at the exact same time, my guy. Like, Damn. the opens up and it just pours on Synchro. you. Synchro. on you. Heavy rain, bro. Heavy rain. And, yeah, yo. And so, literally, that's popping off. I'm trying to get a hold of the guy from the label and just, you know, living life. And then, so I was like, all right. So, that's when me and my homie Tinyfoot Music, we made Head Down mm. um, one night. Or one morning, actually. Early, early one morning. And I knew that it was so dope, bro. I know that it has a certain truth in it mm. uh, that people are going to feel. And so I was like, yo, the song's not even done, but I'm going to submit it to record labels. 
submitted to like five or six. All of them said no. All of them said no. Decline, decline, decline. Mm. Except for one label. Study Music Group. There you go. The same label approved both songs and was like, bro, yo, this is fire. Like, why don't we put both of these out? And I was like, why don't we? That's cool, yo. So I give him this Zoom call a couple weeks later. I pipe into Oakland, Oakland, California. You know what I'm saying? I got the homie G, the homie Riddle, the homie Foss. They all work at the record label. Mm. We were just chopping it up. You know what I'm saying? They was telling me that, that they liked the vibe. They liked the music. And we just was real. And then, like, you know, I was telling them about Black-owned Maine. And like, they was really like, yo, honestly, we spent time protesting ourselves, bro. Like, this is real right now. And I was like, oh, man, like. That means the world, you know, yeah. to, to be able to align at that level. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people can't fuck with it. They're like, oh, what are you guys trying to go riot? You know, all, all the dumb shit people say or whatever. Mm. But anyway, so for me, it was cool to link up with them and for them to share my vision. Mm. And we decided we're going to work together. So I'm definitely with that label. Hell and yeah. we're going to drop an EP. And then we're going to drop a couple maxi singles after that so y'all get some remixes and some instrumentals and stuff. So you heard it here officially first. On Benny's crib, yo. Damn, exclusive shit, yo. Well, that's wicked exciting. Props to you. Congrats. I'm glad the hard work's paying off, yo. Like, just building the network, getting more resources, getting more, you know, places to flow. That's that's the that's the goal, right? So, props to you, my friend. Appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you. I guess I should also say, if any one of those songs that I just described, because they are definitely as good, if not better than what I'm what I was saying, because I really I, the body of work right now, I think, is real solid. I, I feel confident in a realistic way saying that mm. but if any one of those songs is not on this ep or album that i dropped uh through this label don't be upset y'all because again we we really are constantly molding and shifting and if it doesn't make it it's not because it was whack it's because it wasn't the right fit or the right time but yeah i'm just saying that so y'all so y'all understand how fluid the situation has to be mm. until it finally concretizes and then that's when we drop it mm. respect to that yeah timing is everything you know has to be has to everything, be organic bro. Um, shout out to that. I mean, you've been busy recently. Seems like you're always staying busy, whether you were cooking up, you know, singing and doing the artistic stuff on the inside or running around outside as a youngin' in oh, Royal Oaks, whether you're producing in Bowdoin or whether you, you know, making waves in this past, you know, um, good, you know, a decade. I don't even really know what time is anymore, but you've been making waves in um, the 207 too, yo. So I love to see it. And, um, I love to see what you're doing Black on Main too. It's uh, Black on Main on Instagram, right? Just to, for people yeah. to follow it. And what's your it's Black on Main. And then what's your what's your Instagram as well? Yeah, bro. So one thing about me, uh, being genius black, is that anybody who really gets to know me, even to a fault, I'm real. Mm. I'm real. Mm. So on Instagram, real genius black. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sweet. I want to make sure people can tap in and, you know, tune in. So, um, again, um, we're kind of probably going to wind down a little bit here, get into some, you know, final things we want to promote, just talk about, um, and then um, kind of wrap it up. Yo, but before we do that, the most fun part for me is always the rapid-fire questions. Okay. So it's kind of funny, silly, off-the-cuff questions, ending on a nice, fun note. But, again, just, you know, props to um, you being active on the scene, props to you being someone who's dedicated behind the boards. And props to you be using your voice of black owned man, man. I just wanna, you know, make sure uh I show respect on the platform. So salute. Those, those are your flowers while you can still smell them. Appreciate you, bro. Hell yeah, sure. man. Let's get that rapid fire then. Um All right. if you are ready, sir. Uh, uh, you tell me it'll be no rapid fire. 
happen fire, but I'm ready. I'm you got to be ready. And what I, I almost want to change the title, but it's too branded at this point. It's not as much rapid fire as it is first association. Like you don't have to okay. like you don't have to be like off the cuff like two seconds answer, but think like shit. What's the first thing that comes to mind? All right, there you go. So you. let's get it. One of your favorite Texas like beats from your youth that you'd hear like on the radio or just like one that was always banging around. Strictly though, like the beat though, like like that, that's the why you like the song. Daddy, I'm just trying to let something come to me. Uh... That's a tough question because it's a big question. Well, if I was to go like old school, it would be my mind's playing tricks on me by Ghetto Boys. Yes. That beat was just nasty as fuck. The whole song was cool, but like I remember that beat. It's just, it's just playing in my head right now. I can literally hear it. So. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got it. So for me, um, that as well. Honestly, a lot of the old UGK stuff, which was actually produced by PMC before he passed away. Uh, front, back, and side to side. Uh, Murder, yo. Uh, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know, I came up. I came up back then, so yeah, bro. I love that shit. I mean, I'm a big Texas hip hop fan. Um, <laughs> bar- barbecue or Chinese food? Barbecue. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Hiking or biking? Hiking. But, but I'm about to get a bike, though, so I'm, I'm going to challenge that. But and you I- could even mountain hike slash bike if you wanted to. Um... <laughs> Favorite bad boy member from the bad boy Diddy or Puff Daddy, I should say, era. In the kind of the nineties era, you know. Um I mean I I you know I remember like a G Dep, the special delivery, that shit was fire. Mm. Like like I don't know if he was my favorite, but I was just like, damn, who is this dude? It's probably mm. the production and his voice and stuff. But like mm. honestly I have always looked up to Diddy and to mm-hmm. Sean Combs and whatever he calls himself. Yeah. Because he's a go getter and he can even be annoying, but he makes it happen. Yeah. So like honestly, Diddy himself. I respect that, yeah. I probably the think mobile, bro. I'm, I'm I'm always a huge big fan. And also I fuck with Mace, bro. I like Mace a lot. So shout out yeah, Mace. Yeah, yeah, you don't get enough credit. Yeah. You don't get enough you credit. Know, Mace has some really essential music like welcome back you know everyone remembers that shit but like early on yo he was putting out stupid stuff on that label um singer who makes you feel better when you hear their voice Carrie Hodgins good album for long drives perhaps bus drives up the east coast Good Kid, Mad City. Oh, that's a great album. Um, <laughs> go to junk food snack. The problem is that I washed it down with Mountain Dew, but we're gonna <laughs> say the, what, 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 Nature Valley. Um, what you call it? The crumb. This is not junk food. The, I don't the, eat that much junk food. The, the Nature Valley, like oats and honey. I'll be crushing on there. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm still watching down with Mountain, Mountain Dew. So good, Mountain Dew's a good... Mountain could be like the junk food snack, I guess. That's, that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, fuck. I already forgot. I was, there was something I was going to include in the rapid fire from earlier, and it has slipped my mind, which is upsetting. Um, whatever. If you could explore any part of space, like what would you want to explore? 
that's a big question but would you want to like go into like the cosmos and like the big big like fluffy nebulas would you want to like explore another planet would you want to like hit like an asteroid belt like what work if, if someone's like yo i'll send you anywhere will you just kind of kind of like give me a, a vague description where you going jack because you a space guy right i am bro so i have a vision oh um, and i think that i'm gonna execute this and i'm not gonna tell you how because i don't know how i like it i want to visit either the closest nebula to us or maybe the crab nebula in general because nebulas are these gigantic gaseous formations that are primordial and they are where stars are literally born literally stars are born from nebulas so i just want to go and get as close as i can and view a nebula for like 15 hours like, I don't want to just be there for an hour. I need to, like, you gotta post take up. it in. Because even if it's a slow mu- movement, I need to mm-hmm. let it in. You got to post up. For sure, for sure. Yep. Damn. Time, bro. That is cool. I would probably... I might fuck around and either check out the big red storm on Jupiter in a safe fashion. <clears throat> or... That big ass mountain on Mars that's like supposed to be way bigger than Everest. Or more importantly, I probably would just be like, yo, throw me in the motherfucking event horizon of a black hole. Let me figure out all this shit. Like take take me to the the, the supermassive black hole in which everything gravitationally rotates around or revolves around, I should say, in our Milky Way galaxy. And draw me in that event horizon so I can wake up in, like, the simulation machine we're in or whatever it is. Because all the answers are in the black holes. That's what I think. But anyway. Um, <laughs> you could be right. I, I can think I, I watch, I watch too I much. Like all those, though, Inter- I like all those. What's the movie, dude? Interstellar? I watched that movie too many times, I guess. Um, yeah, respect yeah. space, though. Respect space. Um, if you could be in an action movie with any rapper, who would it be? Dead or alive? Any rapper, an action movie, Ooh. like an '80s. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a duo. Like, what's an action oh. duo? Fuck, I can't oh, like think of Miami Vice, like, like, like me and them is together, like against some people. Exactly that. Oh, who would I want to? Wow, like a one-two punch. Hmm. Uh, let me see. Alright, hold up, hold up. This is a good one. <laughs> well, I mean, I need somebody who's effective. So, you know, honestly, he's been getting on my nerves lately, but he is a good actor, and I think he is about that action. I think I would go with 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Dude, that's a... Yo, 50 Cent is a great, great action movie actor. Right? Cause he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He could I take mean, a he couple. He's been trolling so hard lately. It gets on my nerves. I just think he needs to vibrate a little bit higher. But he, the brother's effective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, 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 I would team up with 50 Cent. We go fuck some shit up. It's true. Shout out 50, yo. Um, I, I respect that. Anyone on the 207 scene you want to work with who haven't yet? Man, I, I've been so busy and going crazy, but I'm really trying to link with Dave Gutter. Mm. Um, he's just real talented. He's a great writer. He's dope on the guitar. Like I, just, I like his energy. Now that I've talked to him, I'm like, oh, man, I got to work with him. So I would say definitely Dave Gutter. Um, that would be, my, I think, my top name. There's a couple other people out here that I just know I, I need to get to, but he's the person that I feel like, like we're open to work with each other. We just have to, like those live wires have to connect. You mm. know, has to be organic, as we said. Yeah, yo. Um, sweet. 
this kind of was, in a way, touched upon. We talked about space travel. But if you could time travel anywhere, where would you go? Well, ever since I was a kid, I had a fantasy of taking modern technology back about 100 years so I could be a king or a mage. People wouldn't know how the fuck I could do what I could Whoa. do. So what I would do is I would study up and get some crazy knowledge about chemistry, alchemy, shit that I could do and recreate. Probably take a bunch of batteries with me, some small electronics and shit. Not cell phones. People say they don't take a cell phone back. The fuck you gonna do with a cell phone? No service. But anyway, what I am saying realistically is to take my knowledge and some wares with me. And yeah, you could drop me back in the twenties. You know, I'm probably not in the United States. You know what I'm saying? I have to probably pick somewhere that'd be a little bit friendlier to the brown people, to be honest. <laughs> but very valid uh, point. outside of that, yeah, man, you know, maybe the nineteen, maybe maybe eighteen fifties or something, maybe you know, something like that. I don't wanna go back too far. I don't wanna get cholera and nothing like that. But yeah, man, I'll probably go back to about the nineteen hundreds or so. And uh and like for me, I would just be an entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying? Whatever I did, I take over my little piece of the world and get my magic popping and use use my my knowledge advantage because knowledge is power, Truth. literally. Truth. And uh, I set my shit up and I'll be straight. Truth. Respect to that. Um last one. Um oh shit, actually I got two more. I'm kidding. We got a, got a lot of good ones on this one. Um artists you got to listen to right when they drop. Kendrick comes to mind. I already said Kendrick, but like I'm waiting for his next album. Mm. Um, you, you know, honestly, usually when Ti drops, when Ti drops, I'm always like, all right, what did Ti drop? It's a good like, answer. Last three or four projects for sure. Kendrick. Um, I'm trying to think of some of these new people. Young Thug. I think he's just brilliant. I he's love Young brilliant. Thug. I love that answer. Yeah, he's really, really good, bro. Like, Young Thug is stellar. My little brother, Joseph. Shout out, Joseph. Jojo, no jokes. Mm -hmm. uh, for real, bro. He had to, like, sit me down one day. It was like, bro, listen to, stop listening the way you listening. And listen to Young Thug as if he's using his voice like an instrument. Yeah. And then he was like, listen to this song called Best Friend. Oh, my God. I was like, all right, Joe, whatever. Oh I put goodness. that shit on, and I was like, wow. And oh, like, my goodness. His flows so on that song, Thug raps, and people, and I used to see. I was like in, ne in negative mindsets of my youth. I was like almost like that, like cringy backpack rapper, rapper archetype, where it's like I have to like be moved by this. Like it has to give me spiritual like transcendence and like be directed in my face. And I'm like, I, go, I look back at that young self. I'm like, what the fuck, you? Like shut the fuck up. Because then I'm, I think about like Young Thug now. I'm like, Young Thug is so. Goddamn talented, and if I ever disrespected Young Thug, I, I feel bad about it because I just fucking. Word. So, oh my god, just the fucking flow switches he would. Nah, I can't get into Young Thug. I, I almost got into like a two minute tangent. Um, last question: <laughs> Any advice, or what would be like the one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self if you would give any advice? Anytime that you think you're whack, anytime that you think you should stop, anytime you think that you're you're distracting yourself from what you should really be doing, my nigga. This is what you're supposed to be doing. That would be my advice. That's really good advice. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that's the end of the rapid fire. It's been a great, um, tremendous interview tonight here. We're getting deep with it. Um, almost at the hour 50 mark. I love to hear about Black on Main. That was just a beautiful moment for me because I love getting to, you know, link with another brand that's doing something, you know, like yeah. not only like in the podcast world in a way, but, you know, like, uh, 
and just the community. I love being out here in the 207 and just a salute to that and then getting to hear your story as an individual, as an artist, as you know, someone who's made um, waves in music that I've liked and liked and listened to. Respect to that too. So um, I guess, you know, before we kind of wrap it up, is, is there anything you just want to like plug, um, just like let people tune into that you've been doing as of late? You know, just kind of give one more shot. You mentioned Instagram is important. Real Genius Black on Instagram. Definitely. I would say that on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. It's just Genius Black. So it's not, it's just, it's Genius Black mm. on Twitter. Mm. And also, if, if you actually go to my profile on Instagram right now, one of the latest records is actually still up. Uh, the link is in my bio. The homie Hannah Harleen, actually an artist that I love working with out here. Mm. One of many, but she's real talented, man. And she's in her bag right now. We got this really sexy song. She really just came to me, and I just added like some little sprinkles to it, like mm. really so for real beats. And she works with the engineer and the producer uh, Jason over at Penumbra, at Penumbra Recordings. Yep. He's really dope, and he did a great job recording her and like mixing her, mixing her vocals. And like it's the song is called Waves. Yo, check that song out. Download that. Shout out Hannah Harleen. If you're trying to have a sexy ass summer. That song should be on your playlist. So yeah. Those would be the things that I would plug, man. Like we we really out here popping for real. I love it. Clearly, yeah. I mean, if you didn't know, now you know, yo. You got enough receipts to run back because it's evident that uh, whether it's uh on the music side, on the community side, on the on the quantum space side, you get you get deep with it. So respect, yo. Respect. Um, th thanks again, yo. Um, the last question I asked everybody is um a tough one to answer in a way. But some motherfuckers just know how to hit it, and it hits perfectly, so I'll just throw it at you. Where will Genius Black be one year from now? On a lot more y'all playlists. Oh! There you go. Uh, Finn, I would say. I'm pretty much out of yo. Uh, Mad love to all the listeners. Shout out to the sponsors. Shout out um, Yardy Ting Heavy. And uh, shout out Fire on 4 and High Roller for sponsoring the podcast as well. Um, remember it's all about just the community it's all about listening to voices tell their stories especially when the voices that often get suppressed it's about you know maybe understanding we've been taught fucked up shit and we gotta unlearn it and everything you got taught you know maybe with a veil of a smile and a positive you know enhancement as a child might actually have like you know a devil's grin and a negative vibe as an adult we gotta, we gotta, we gotta unlearn some shit here and remember, you know, be sensitive about that and be respectful to communities and spend your fucking money wisely. Like, everyone's bugging out right now, so just do good shit and get your karma up at least, bro. Like, try and help a little bit and stop being a part of the problem. That's what I, that's all I'm trying to say. Like, just stop making shit worse. Stop watching it. That makes it worse. You gotta, you gotta help put some fucking water on the fire, yo. That's it. Mad love. <laughs> Genius Black, uh, thank you again. Hey. Show, bro. All right. Peace. You already know it's major, major, major love to Black on Main. I mean, y'all doing some necessary and tremendous work, and I salute you with infinite hands. Major thanks to Genius Black for also talking about his solo ventures as an artist. Look for some new music in the horizon by him. Just stay tuned to the Instagrams for more info. Please keep supporting Black business. Uh, like I said, you keep saying me, you keep hearing me say it, Jack. Our dollars are our votes, and don't you forget that. Take care of yourself. I'll see you next time, beautiful.